This podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Go to Onnit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? The joint is brought to you by DraftKings. Listen, it's Monday, and this week, UFC 281 is live from New York motherfucking city. Feel the heat of the fucking octagon with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. New customers, you ready for this one? You're going to bet $5 on UFC 281 and get 200 free bets when your fighter wins. If that's not enough action for you, everyone can earn up to a thousand, 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up parlays. Place a parlay today with three or more picks and combine multiple bets like which fighter will win and total rounds. This week, listen, I gotta take a look at this again. I got nobody I'm looking at. You know, I wait. I always wait until the weigh-ins, but DraftKings Sportsbook is the only place your Uncle Boy Joey bets on the UFC. And don't forget those prop bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. We got a whole new, forget the UFC. We got the NFL. We got Thursday Night Football. Use promo code Joey. And throw $5 on UFC 281. Just $5 and get 200 free bets when your fighter wins. That's code Joey this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of the UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Download the DraftKings app right now. And get ready to fucking get paid, laid, and parlayed this weekend. Listen, the joint is also brought to you by Heart and Soil. I've been trying to eat healthy for the past few years after this little thing I had at Princeton Longevity. I've been taking these beef organ supplements from Heart and Soil. They're fucking tremendous. You know what I'm doing a lot better? Recuperating. Beef organs are the more nutrient-dense than kale. Spinach and blueberries combined. That's why they're called nature's multivitamin. Listen, I've been taking them for three weeks since I started, once I came on the show. I feel a lot better. I'm sleeping a lot better. I'm making pretty good gains. So I'm pretty happy. People ate organs for thousands of years and never suffered from obesity, heart disease, and infertility because they were eating organs. Nature's most treasured foods. Founded by Dr. Paul Saladino, heart and soul supplements are made from grass-fed, grass-finished beef organs. Feel like a man when you take supplements made from liver, heart, kidney, spleen, and testicles. Let Heart and Soul help you reclaim your fucking radical health. Go to heartandsoul.co.c-o and use code JOEY10 for 10% off your first order. Listen, the holidays are coming. The new year's coming. You want to be in fucking shape next year. Try out Heart and Soul. You won't be fucking sorry. Offer applies to one-time purchases, not subscriptions. Try them today and see how they feel. Now, let's get ready to get this party started on a Monday morning.
What up, you bad motherfuckers? It's Monday. It's a whole new fucking month. A whole new set of rules. We're six weeks away from fucking the holidays. Tricky, tricky is over. Thanksgiving is two weeks away. And I'm fucking excited. It was a great weekend. A lot of shit happened. I want to congratulate the Houston Astros for fucking winning the World Series. I caught the last inning of the game last night. I was busy all day. I forgot that we were playing. And it's fucking weird, man. I'm still a little kid at heart. When I watched the I watched the last out and I saw them all jumping up and down and shit. And I felt bad for Philly because Philly played a great game. They got the great series. Great playoff run. They got nothing to be fucking embarrassed about. I can't wait to get down there fucking to the show on the night before Thanksgiving. But I was watching something. Like I'm still like a fucking American wannabe. Because I'm sitting there and I saw the, I swear to God, the shit that gets me is the dumbest shit in the world. But it just lets you know that you're living in the best country in the world, man. The World Series is as American as can be. I go watch basketball. I love watching football. You know, I watch the UFC, whatever. Nothing gets me more than like the World Series. I, I don't know what it is. And I'll tell you what else I like. I like the Final Four. Something about the Final Four, those young college kids winning and stuff like that. Their moms in the fucking audience, you know, like proud of their kids. That's always done something for me because I didn't have parents. But last night during the World Series, one of the guys won and his, and his daughters were out there with him. And he was walking with his daughters and they were fucking happy. And I'm like, God damn, I never get to fucking do something like that. I, I would love to do something like that. I, I still remember watching fucking Michael Corrin as a kid at the NCAA in 76 and going that to me, like I love stand-up comedy. I love, you know, movie stars, Clint Eastwood and all that. But to me, like winning the NCAA and standing there, your parents and the fucking, just something. And when I saw Michael Corrin, he was a Jersey City boy, and I was a kid. I didn't think fucking New Jersey people ever did anything. I really didn't except Sinatra, you know. So when I was watching the the semifinals against UNLV that year, and they said O'Corn was from New Jersey, I was like, what the fuck? And then they said something about St. Anthony's. I'm like, ah, oh, that's got to be a different St. Anthony's in Jersey City. But that Monday night when they played in the finals, and I saw Jersey City, New Jersey, and fucking St. Anthony's, my head exploded as a little kid. I never forgot that. And it's the same thing when I watched the World Series last night, when they fucking were getting interviewed. I watched like 10 minutes. I, I turned it off before the kid got the MVP, the 23-year-old kid. But you know what, man? Baseball's over. That just lets you know we're close to the fucking Thanksgiving. And baseball went all the way to fucking November this year. November fucking 5th. That's That's fucking crazy. But I want to thank everybody who came out to the show. On Wednesday night, I had a fucking blast out there with uh, Felicia Lee, Mike. It, it was great. The people from DraftKings came out. My, you know, when I do the shows now, my niece was there. George was there with fucking uh, his sister and her friend. The guys from Laughing Gas were there. The guys from Stoner's Clubs were there. Listen, man. I met neighbor. Yeah, the neighbors were there. We gave them an edible. It was fucking great. It really was. And I do these shows, and, you know, you get into New York City. Like, I'm not, I don't get excited till I'm in the Lincoln Tunnel. Like, it's great. When I'm on the three, I see my grandma's school. I see where the Iceman put the body under the hotel. 
I see all these things that kind of bring me back a little bit. I fucking love it. When I go under the Lincoln Tunnel, I'm like, I've been going through that fucking tunnel. It seems like for a hundred years. When I come off that tunnel and I'm headed into Jersey, I've been doing that since I was a fucking kid, man. So going into New York, when you go in the Lincoln Tunnel, you know, for a minute or two, you're like, fuck, one of one of these bricks gonna fucking fall out. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like fucking Ernest Borgnine the Poseidon Adventure. But then you get out, and the energy in New York City is fucking great. And, you know, I don't care how tired you are or whatever. As soon as you fucking get into New York City, there's just a buzz in the air. I was watching Mike's video of him walking through the city, you know. Listen, man, I've been everywhere, and and nobody does it like New York City with that energy when you're crossing the street and the whole fucking thing, and it stinks, and there's a dead rat on the floor. <laughs> that never happens anywhere, you know, so... We get to Sony Hall, and, you know, it was fucking backed for a Wednesday night. I think they oversold tickets. I think I had too many guests, but holy shit. There were people everywhere. There was reefer everywhere. When you're on stage, you see everybody hitting the fucking vapor pens. One of the dudes from my Patreon hit me up, and he goes, Joey, it's like being at a dead concert. And it really feels like a dead concert because... You can't bomb. You can't bomb. Listen, I'm not having the best sets of my life. I'm trying new shit out that, you know. And you can't bomb. You can't bomb because there's so much love in the room. Lee got it. Fucking, uh, you know, Felicia did great. They were happy to see Felicia. George Perez fucking did a great job. Stu Finer is always a fucking trip. You know, he really is a trip. I love that he shows up. He just... He's a great fucking guy, and he's out of his bird. He really is out of his bird. When we're downstairs talking after the show, fucking George showed up with pastries. Oh, that was from George? They were delicious. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forget the name of this place from Ridgefield Park, but they got the best lobster tails. Everybody was walking around with a glob of cream on their shirt. That's why I told George, I go, George, cut those fucking lobster tails in half. I saw Lee bite into one, and he had it all over yeah, his I fucking, he had it all over his beard and shit. Those lobster tails are so fucking good. The cannolis were on point. You know, I had the chicken, the chicken, he brought some chicken downstairs. They're just good, fun nights. Can I do a whole weekend of that? No. I was so fucking tired on Thursday. Holy shit. And the party started on Tuesday night with the mushrooms and the fucking edibles. Poor Lee thought he had a lobster claw for a fucking hand. He kept telling me that at the restaurant. He couldn't pick up the dish and shit. Then we came back and we watched The Thief. And, it, you know, Lee is a fucking trip. Wednesday night we came back. We hung out for like 10 minutes. We were both wiped out. And fucking Thursday night, holy shit. Lee left at like 9.30 and I went right to bed, guys. I walked into the stairs. He walked out. I had an option to come back and watch TV, and I was like, I'm going to at least try it. I went upstairs. I hit the crib. I don't remember falling asleep. All I remember is being eight hours in fucking the uh, the fucking whoop watch. That's the biggest sleep I've ever had. I was just tired. Those nights take a lot out of me because I'm fucking, you know, I get butterflies. Listen, man, I get butterflies. It's crazy. It. it you never, you always think when you're a performer, any type of performer, 
whether you're a magician, whether you're fucking a musician. I love the butterflies. I love being scared. I love being focused. I love that feeling of the borderline puking. I, I never, guys, I've never puked before a set. But I've had a lot of dear friend comics that have puked. They used to barf before their sets. I've never been that bad. But I'll tell you what, man, the butterflies are just tremendous when you mix it with the THC. Thank God. No, I had no mushrooms in my system because the fucking stairs. You got to walk up and down stairs there like two flights. And whenever I eat mushrooms, I get winded for some reason. I don't, is that? Okay. Yeah, I get fucking, I don't know, like uh, when I take the shroom tech, it gives you a little bit of breathing room. But when I take psilocybin mushrooms, no matter whether they're mushrooms, the gummies, whatever the fuck I take. I'm telling you, man, I, I just have a hard time breathing. And then if I'm high, by the time I'm reaching for my breath, I start getting anxiety. I don't like that. So I don't take the mushrooms till I get off the stage. Yeah. Once we get off that motherfucking stage, I stop popping those silly mushrooms. And I, tell you, I eat like four or five of them just to set. Like I built my tolerance to them now so I can eat a whole bag. Yeah. My brother's eating a whole bag at night. He eats 10 fucking just to fucking walk around in the afternoon. But you know what, man? I feel a lot better since I'm eating the mushrooms. I feel a lot better since I'm microdosing. I get better sleep. I got a lot better clarity. And uh, that's all that fucking matters, man. We're all right. But I got to tell you what I did learn about Wednesday night, which, which really dawned on me in a weird way. George Perez. George Perez, listen, I don't have to watch you. I've been doing comedy for 30 fucking years. I've been studying comedy. I don't have to watch you. I like sitting behind the stage and listening. When I got into stand-up comedy, I listened. I didn't go. I was fucking eight the first time I listened to a stand-up comedy album. That's how stand-up was introduced to me. It made you sit down and listen. For years, from the time I was... I don't know, 10, 11, till my mother died. That bedroom, we would have listening parties three times a week. People have in this country have forgotten that, and they were so much fucking fun. They were so much fucking fun. People forget those listening parties and what it did for certain people. Listening parties are when people come over, like I don't know how many times on Saturday nights I knew my mom was working till three or four, and I get my friends at like fucking seven. We get like a, I don't know, two six packs of beer, two two eight packs of nips, you know, whatever the fuck they call them. And we'd drink them at a park or something. We'd get a nickel bag from Puerto Rican Nelson. We'd smoke seven of the five, uh, five of the seven joints in the nickel bag. We'd put Visine in our eyes. We'd fucking eat chips. We'd fucking go to the diner and fucking torture the waitress and laugh in the face and then we'd shoot to my house and we'd put on either a prior album either a Led Zeppelin album either an Earth, Wind & Fire album I remember nights we put on a couple albums the albums in those days were like Ted Nugent uh, not even Double Live Gonzo I think it was Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang that album, the live album or something oh no, it was Cat Scratch Fever that's what we'd listen to we were just kids but I had no idea I was preparing myself to listen. 
I loved it. I loved, you know, in the 50s, you see all these people who would just sit around radios and listen to the Green Hornet. There was no fucking TV. They listened. And for years, I loved doing those listening parties. Just, I still remember listening to Led Zeppelin too with my buddies and being fucked up. And all of us standing up and playing the air guitar and singing. And it was just the shit you do when you're on drugs. But I enjoyed those nights. I enjoyed listening. I don't know. When I listened to those Richard Pryor albums or, or Red Fox albums or George Carlin albums, or Lenny Bruce albums or Bob Newhart albums, I always enjoyed you could hear the energy in the room. What's going on in the fucking room? Like, you could hear the waitresses. You could, there's so much smoke in the room, it comes through the fucking speakers. Like, you could just feel it when you really immerse yourself into what's coming out of there. Anyway, enough with that shit. So I'm sitting there listening to George Perez's set. And I didn't even watch him. Just, his timing was fucking impeccable. George Perez's timing was fucking impeccable. You know, it was my show that night, but it was George Perez's night. And just from a comic point of view, watching somebody improve that much, I mean, I haven't seen George. I, I bumped, you know, when I went to LA, I saw George. George and I talk all the time. I watch his podcast. I watch his fucking videos, you know, all the Mexican stuff. And I see what he's doing in L.A. And I know he's working hard. As is Diagostino. My friend Diagostino, I heard, is fucking becoming a killer. I hear Eric Roach is becoming a killer. Lee is becoming a little killer. He's just finding his fucking way. But Lee is a very good writer. But to get back to George Perez and what I learned that night. For all the young comics that ask me questions and whatnot, this is always a good thing on a Monday morning. I learned that while I was sitting there, first of all, the comedy store is still the best place in the world to get your timing up. I have never seen that. I remember walking into the comedy store and years later, people coming up to me going, Joey, we haven't seen you in 18 months. Your fucking timing, your timing, your timing. You know what timing comes from? Listening, listening. And I swear to God, I did thousands of shows and thousands of sets, but never in my life did I feel the improvement from those three-minute spots on Sundays, those 15-minute spots during the week, you know, having to bring up somebody. When you do a show, you have an MC at the comedy store, you bring yourself up. And I don't mean to harp on the comedy store, but when I hear somebody like George Perez doing what he's doing, I can't think of anything else. And I know George works, and I know George does. He does a lot of spots in other places. The store gives him three fucking, but I heard Ryan, I saw a stand-up comedy, uh, I saw Ryan Sickler stand up the other day, and I was like, Ryan has fucking improved a lot. Why? They all got passed at the comedy store. In that short period of time, if you really believe what you're doing in your sets, and you really comprehend what's going on in the store. Listen, first time you start going up in the store, it's like going to jujitsu. It's like doing anything else. You're just trying to fucking survive. You're just trying to survive. You know, like you, you, you know, you're like, I'm just gonna go up there and try my best. You try to survive, and you try not to fucking bomb when you're a comic. 
you know, and then after a couple weeks, you start getting the hang of it. But you don't get the hang of it. We'll get to that later. You start getting the hang of it. You don't even know what's really going on. You're very excited. You're at the, you're regular at the comedy store. Things are moving. Things are starting to happen. I might as well call fucking uh, Howard Stern and tell him to suck my dick. There's a new sheriff in town. You get all these thoughts in your head. You're excited. But once that settles in, you start paying attention. And you, the good thing about the store is when you do a comedy uh, set on the road, like if I call, if you call me tomorrow and go, Joey, book me at the Stress Factory in Jersey, Wednesday through Saturday. That's four nights. That's two, six shows. Two on Friday, two Saturday, and two during the week, right? By the time Friday comes, Friday third show, like uh, Friday early, by the time Friday late show comes along, you're pretty loose. You've already known the room. You know the little. You know what the headline is going to do if he has a set list. You know what the MC is going to do if she has a set list or he has a set list. Or they have a set list just in case for the people, you know. Adjectives are big now. For all these fucking things. But when you go to the store, the improv, the laugh factory. If you go up there four nights, you're going to see four different comics. That's 16 comics you're going to see. If you stick around and pay attention. You know, some people just go on the back and drink and whatever. Yeah, that's what I did too. But I also paid attention. I go in there early. Like I tell people, my favorite thing in the world is to get stoned to the gills in the fucking car, walk into the original room, go all the way in the back where me and Jason Lucas used to sit. Not in the Mitzi's chairs, but all the way in the back back there where nobody would even interrupt you. Why fucking sit in one of these chairs? Somebody's going to come and a paying customer's going to come. During the week, sit all the way in the back, the last row back there in the dungeon. If you put on a black sweatshirt, nobody even knows you're fucking there. That's how great that is. You sit in the back and watch four or five comics, and you learn so much. Now you're watching, and you're incorporating the listening aspect of it. But here's the beauty of all this that I learned from George Perez that I've said for fucking years, and I told you why. When people come to see my shows now, when people hit me up on emails, and they're like, Joey, we really come see you. We want to get sets. I'll tell them right off the bat. Listen, guys, you're not losing out on anything. You're not losing out on anything. Trust me, I'm telling you. There's comic. There's young comics out there that are fucking killing it right now. That you don't know who the fuck they are. And it's time that you got to fucking know. Uh, Jimmy Florentine was in uh, whatever the fuck last week. He was at in Austin last week. He went to the Vulcan on Thursday night, and I saw the pictures online. And I saw they had three or two floors at the Vulcan. I've never been in there. But there were people hanging off the fucking rafters. It was like, holy shit. The next day I called him when he was in Dallas, and he was like, Joey, what I witnessed yesterday was fucking tremendous. He goes, I saw a bunch of young comics that are fucking going for it. Like, they're just fucking going for it. They're saying fucked up jokes. They're talking about weird shit on stage. And they don't give a Frenchman's fuck. And the audiences are eating it up. That's And he goes, not like in New York where people are playing to the audiences and L.A. where people are playing to the audiences. L.A. and New York have already put in the the uh, 
the uh, woke implementation. It's a lot of clubs are, are booking uh, just woke comics. You know, just they're doing shows to make people giggle instead of heavy hitters and people who say weird things. And I'm okay with that, you know. But it was really good for Jimmy to say that. He goes, if I was a young comic right now, I'd come here because there are, you know, 20 million places to do comedy. And you're watching comics, you're, you're, you're fucking, you're living, snorting, chewing, eating, sleeping, shitting comedy. And that's what I'm getting to right now. You know, when I was sitting back there listening to George, and I tried new material this week, it worked, I've been trying to polish it up a little bit, but during the week, guys, listen, like I told George, I go, George, my life has changed a lot. For me to fucking put my sneakers on at night and go do this app. It, it, it's not working for me. And I talked to a good friend of mine, uh, Rob Rob Schaefer. We went out to lunch last week before he we went to my, uh, Miami. And we were talking about training at night, how for a while there I was doing okay. Now, I wasn't going to jiu-jitsu at night. I was just going to the gym at night. One night a week, I said, I'm going to go to the gym and do a pretty fucking decent workout, 45 minutes, ride the bike. And I stuck to it. I stuck to it till I went down to the OB. And then when I came back from the Outer Banks, you know, shit got crazy with girls' softball, practice on Tuesdays, game on Wednesdays, so I lost it. And I still go to the gym one night a week, even if it's just to ride the bike. I go to the gym, I do a couple downward dogs, I do shit like that, but I told him, I go, I got to start going to jiu-jitsu. I got to change my life around. I got to start going to jiu-jitsu at night. And he goes, listen, I know you don't like it, but go, just go Wednesday nights. Make a goal to go one night a week. And start small. He goes, because see, the, 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 the night classes, you could participate in all three classes. Should be a tremendous workout. I'm just an old man. I don't have no energy at night. But I have to just start going to the core classes at night. And those are the classes where you don't roll and then do it slowly. Even though I'm tired, you know, just go, take the chances. But anyway, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about here. You know, at night, I just like staying in with my family for fucking so many years. I always had to go somewhere at night. That now it's kind of fucking nice. This week, I'm thinking uh, my family has to go to Pennsylvania for a fucking softball tournament. If I don't go with them, like Friday night, I want to go see Paul Vizi. Paul's at the Stress Factory this weekend. Uh, Tom Pop is at Red Bank on Saturday night. I was thinking of going, maybe going to get a bite with him in Red Bank, or maybe he comes here and we'll go to Nito or Cousins or something. I don't know. I don't know. But I need to start going out more during the week. Not even to do comedy. How about let's start with getting fucking entertained. That's a lot of people forget. You got to get fucking entertained, you know. My nights suck. So when I'm sitting there listening to George, and this applies to everybody. You know, guys, until 2007, from 2002 to 2007, I would get harassed. Constantly, constantly, constantly. And it was the weirdest form of harassment. I had maybe eight or nine comedians, eight or nine of them, that would call me once a week and tell me how bad their life was going. And me being the nice guy that I am, I would talk to them about, you know, dog, you know, you just got to hang in there. We're in L.A., this is the major leagues. I mean, I'm not doing any better than you. But at the time, I was booking, like, TV shows. Like, I was booking, like, Mad TV, and I had done Analyze That, where I had three lines and got shot. But for some reason, when I was getting those roles, 
these guys were thinking like, you know, I was getting ahead of them. And, I, and to me, those roles didn't mean shit. It was just getting experience. But these guys would call me and like put guilt trips on me. Like, dog, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I never get a movie. I never get a TV show. I never got a guy like Rogan to take me on the road, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, I never asked Joe to take me on the road. I would get on stage 11.45 every night. And if he had a set, I had a set. And eventually he decided I was a hard worker and he gave me the opportunity to open up on the road. These uh, stupid TV shows I'm getting and stuff like that, I get them because I go to acting class. I believe in it. I work it. And I get an opportunity and I learn how to finally be. Bro, you got to remember, from 97 to fucking 2002, I auditioned three times a fucking week and didn't get shit. I felt like fucking taking a swan dive many a night. But I got to the source. I got into acting class and started meeting people and talking to other fucking people and see what they were doing. I got into acting class to see what actors would do to hustle work. And I learned how to fucking hustle acting work. I started putting auditions on tape and we got The Longest Yard and, and American Gangster and all these stupid fucking movies. But I didn't get those movies because, I don't know, I got them because I was working. And see, while everybody was talking shit about me, Joey Diaz is a coke fiend, Joey Diaz is this, Joey Diaz is that. That's what got to them more, that they couldn't figure out what I was doing. Well, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was working it. I was working it. While I was sitting there listening to George Perez and thinking what he was putting into it, I still remember me, Josh Wolf, and Ralphie May chipping in for fucking, you know, a lunch between the three of us, and maybe my envelope was lighter than the both of theirs, and us talking about what we were doing, and Josh was writing, and Ralphie May was at the lab factory, and I'm taking stupid acting classes. I would give my life to be back to that situation again. When you're a hustling fucking comic, when you're getting up at fucking nine, and your whole, I, I mean, listen, I used to get up at nine, there was no, I would never be at some coffee shop fucking giggling or hanging out with other comics or playing frisbee or smoking dope. Or I did that. I could count on my hands how many times I did that shit. We worked, man. I got a call from a friend of mine and he was telling me, hey, man, I didn't know you. Me, George Perez, Silent Bob, Felipe Esparza, Rick Ramos, we used to have our own acting class. We all went to acting classes. We saw what the fuck they did in acting class, and we could do the same thing. So every Tuesday for about a year, we would meet on Tuesdays, do a pseudo-acting class outside at a fucking park, and then go get super fucking stoned and buy edibles. And But do you understand? We put in the fucking work. You know, Felipe, Willie Barcena, Rudy Moreno. I mean, these guys... You know, Marilyn Martinez, God rest her soul, her anniversary was last week. These fucking people were out, not every night, not every night, every minute, every minute. I still remember, I didn't, listen, I stopped going to weddings and functions and bars and shit because, honestly, I didn't want to talk about your stupidity. All I wanted to talk about was comedy and how to get better. That's all I had on my fucking mind. There was no... When Mike would come up to me, do you know what me and Mikey did this weekend? I really don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kids are the last thing in my mind, and I don't want to hear about fucking kids. And I lost a lot of friends from not doing certain functions and going to weddings and going to sporting events and stupid parties and bachelor parties. But in retrospect, I didn't give a fuck because I didn't move out there to do all that shit. 
I moved out there to work on my craft. And my point being, the reason why George Perez improved so much. And guys, this runs across the board. I'm talking about comedy, but this runs if you're a plumber, a guitar player, a writer, a fucking movie editor, the whole thing. You know how many fucking people would call me and say different things to me? And I would always ask them the same thing. What did you do last week? And all these people that used to call me, like how I stopped from them calling me, how I stopped getting these people to call me, I didn't fucking ever yell at them and go, get the fucking work. I would say to them, what'd you do last week? Well, my sister had a birthday party in Laguna Beach, and I went down there for three days. Ah! When you were down Laguna Beach, did you do any sets? Did you think of going to that contest? No, we were partying and having a good time. All right. What'd you do Thursday when you came back? Oh, fucking uh, Johnny had a fucking barbecue combination party at his backyard. We did comedy. Okay, what'd you do Friday? Oh, I went to a movie with my girlfriend. What'd you do Saturday night? Saturday I had a show and fucking an AA meeting. Okay, listen, so what you're telling me is you got on stage two times. You live in Hollywood. You live in L.A. And you're telling me you got on stage two fucking times. Well, you know how many times I got on stage last week? And granted, I'm a fat fuck, I'm 360 pounds, I'm snorting coke, I'm broke. I got on stage 22 times last week. What do you mean? But see, you know people, you're friends with Rogan. Don't put Rogan into the fucking equation. Monday, I started at Latino night. Then I went over and did an open mic at the fucking comedy store. And then from there, I got in my car and I met George Perez down in fucking a, a bar we used to do on Monday nights that the open mic started at 11. We wouldn't get home till 2 in the fucking morning. There was a Chinese restaurant that wouldn't serve us because we weren't Chinese gangsters. There was a donut place. I mean, dog, we would eat chicken wings from this bar that when you would bite into them, you could see the veins. and the. Oh, my God, you have no fucking idea what we put up with. And then we got home at 8, and I got up in the mornings, and I looked at breakdowns. And then from there, I fucking smoked pot, and I did this, and I put auditions on tape. And then we went to the con. Tuesday night was a fucking, you know, was African-American night, the comedy store. You go down there, hustle to get a spot. What I'm trying to say is, whether you're a plumber, whatever the fuck you do, if you're going to grow doing something, you have to live it, chew it, sniff it, fart it, fuck it, suck it. You got to do everything to this fucking thing. If not... Listen, it might work out for you, but believe me, between you and me, it's not going to. How do I know? Because of what's going on with my life right now. When I go on stage, yeah, I'm funny, I'm writing, I got new jokes, but it's not the Joey Diaz that was going on stage two nights a, a, two nights a fucking night, two times a night, three, four years ago. It's not the Joey Diaz that was doing a comedy podcast, constantly surrounding himself with, you know, America's best comics, and your mind is always thinking, I don't have that mind no more. I've been saying it for weeks. Yeah, I crack funny jokes when I'm driving around. I, I g giggle when I get high and shit like that. But to have that fucking machine gun mind that constantly, you got to work that thing every day. It's a fucking muscle like anything else. So if you're a fucking lawyer and you're just doing the bare minimum and then five years from now you're like, how come nobody makes me a partner? Well, the guy in the other room works for he fucking has a cotton here. 
And on the weekends, he goes to conferences and he learns about the new fucking medical marijuana laws or whatever the fuck. And even though, like, I didn't want to be an actor, but I didn't want to get on a fucking set years from there and not know what I was going to do. I never thought I'd get in a big movie, but guess what? I ended up in one. Maybe because I had the confidence when I walked in that room to nail that fucking set. To some people, like, oh, well, Joey's gay. He must have sucked his dick. Rogan must have called him. Yeah, that's the easy way out. That's what people who don't know the fucking business would say. That's the easier way out. You got to work it. And yes, I got help from Rogan. And yes, I got help from Dane Cook. And yes, I got help from Ralphie May. And yes, I got help from Gabriel Iglesias. But during that whole fucking time, guess what I was doing? I was helping myself. I've met so many young comics the last eight years that basically want you to do the fucking work for them. And that's not going to happen. I know five times six is 30. You know what, bitch? Show me the fucking work. Show me the goddamn paper. I know four times eight is 32, but you know what? Let's break it down. Show me where you carried the one. You did the whole fucking thing. I don't think anybody wants to do that today. And, you know, I applaud those young guys in Austin. I applaud Joe Rogan that he's chasing it. He kills it every opportunity that he can. You know, for me in my world, things like, you know, I just saw Bert was 50 this week. Good for Bert. I got to call him and wish him a happy birthday. I wrote a thing on there, but I got to call him anyway. It's funny. He's 50. At 50, I was stabbing motherfuckers. You guys know me. At 50, I was stabbing motherfuckers 10 years ago. I had the energy of 10 bulls, and I didn't mind fucking chasing it. But I'm getting to a part in my life right now that I don't even know if I want to fucking chase it. I enjoy doing it when I do it. But listen, I don't want to get on a plane. I enjoy showing up to Uncle Vinny's, and I enjoy... Maybe Friday night going to St. Paul Vision. If he asked me to do a spot, maybe I'll go up there. Maybe, you know, the fucking, I never know. But I like that. I like that. For years, I lived, I fucking hated after my daughter was born that I go to a party and I had to leave in 10 minutes. I got to leave now. Now I could just settle. I did my time. I did what I had to do. And it's just a fucking hobby. And I got no qualms with it. But I want people to know that if you want to improve and any aspect of something. If you want to fucking be the king of that, nothing's going to work part-time. I'm telling you right now. It's not going to work part-time. It's your heart and your fucking soul that you got to put into this shit. And I, I tell you what, think about this podcast um, for 2023. You got to up it a little bit, guys. They're not fucking the bluebird happiness ain't even coming around like that motherfucker used to anymore. And you guys know it and feel it, so you got to up it a little bit. If you're working 50 hours, maybe you got to work 60. Maybe not work 60. Maybe work 50 and learn about what you're doing 10 hours a week. Take a fucking class. But submit, you know, indulge yourself in this shit. It's got to be over your head. Dog, I got dumped by two women who were like, you know, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> you like fucking comedy more than pussy. No, I like comedy... Comedy was first, and cocaine was a second fucking, was a close tie, and pussy was second. But when I was fucking hunting from 80, from 95 to 2019, when the pandemic came, I hunted, Jack. It was not a part-time thing. It was not a ha-ha, hee-hee. There was no bachelor parties. There was no trips to the Bahamas. There was no, there was nothing. My, for me, for me, that's the only way it worked. It didn't work by me doing a half. So if your career is staggering, 
whatever it could be. You're a plumber, a mason, a fucking electrician. You know, whatever the fuck it is, maybe take a look at yourself. Maybe you're not putting enough effort into this fucking game. Pretty fucking cool for a Monday fucking morning. And guess what else, cocksuckers? The movie I was doing is canceled. Am I depressed? Listen, guys. Things happen in your life and projects come and fucking go. It's just, this was the craziest year that I've ever had for fucking acting the last three months. From auditions to how they went down. And you know what? That was... I'm pretty much done for the year, probably, with auditions. I'll probably get maybe one more, maybe two more. Who the fuck knows? I don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, that's Amari got shut down for a few weeks. Financing issues, whatever. Who the fuck knows? I uh, now have no goals. You know, I, would be, I was going to be tight. I don't even think we were. I think I looked at the schedule. We were only going to be able to do one podcast a, a week. There was no way. There was no way we could do two. Because I was working every Tuesday went except Thanksgiving week I have off. But it was it was gonna be like that till December fifteenth. So everything happens for a reason. I'm not sad about it. Something else will come up. You know, I didn't get the De Niro movie and that came up. And that's it, guys. And that's another listen, that's why I was thinking about the effort you put into things. You know, I'm not an acting class. I'm not talking to actors every day about what's going on or different auditions or whatever like that. So when you do get an audition now, you're fucking rusty as shit. So I learned something about me auditioning this time. And now I got to take a little bit more time. Look at the, you know, I, I can't see anymore. So I have to use a teleprompter when I do the auditions. You know, I look at the auditions and I'm like, fuck, I'm staring at the teleprompter. You know, you can't find a teleprompter like I have... Sometimes I use one of these stands, like hang the computer up and do it. It's not going to fucking work. You got to know these computers. You got to. Yeah, no, you got to know the you got to know the lines inside now. So, but hey, it's Monday the 7th to fucking November. Tomorrow is uh, election day. What advice? I don't give a fuck who you vote for. <laughs> Just get out there and vote. That's all the advice. I, people say, go out there and vote. I, you know, I can't vote. And by the time I do the process, I called the. I spoke to the attorney a year ago about me, uh, you know, wiping my police record down, and that was about a year ago. That's the last time I heard from. My, I saw him at some party. Like, How you doing? I was going to ask him, but whatever happened with that call? But I figured it out. You have to. Everybody who's like the DA, they got to hunt them down. And say, hey, 25 years ago, you convicted a kid on second-degree burglary. Do you want to flip it? And he'll go, let me think about it. Forget it. I'll just stay with the record. No jewelry duty. Who gives a fuck? Don't forget UFC this weekend. Big one. DraftKings has a deal for you. That's it and that's that. I love you, cocksuckers. Stay black. And I'll see you Thursday morning. Dip, top, magoo. All right, you bad motherfuckers. I want to thank you today. We had a little short podcast, but it's Monday. You got things to do, and so the fuck do I. The joint is brought to you by Heart and Soil. Beef organs are more nutrient-dense than kale, spinach, and blueberries combined. Nobody knows that. That's why they're called nature's multivitamin. I've been taking these for three weeks, and I'm feeling a lot better. What improved is my recuperation, my sleep. Uh, founded by Dr. Paul Saladino, heart and soil supplements are made from grass-fed, finished beef organs. 
People ate organs for thousands of years and never suffered from obesity, heart disease, or infertility because they were eating organs. Nature's most treasured food. Feel like a man when you take supplements made from liver, heart, kidney, and spleen and tentacles. Let Heart and Soul help you reclaim your birthright to radical health. Go to heartandsoul.co.co and you or dash o and use code joey10 for 10 percent off your first order that's heart and soul dot capital c dash capital o and use code joey10 for 10 percent off your first order offer applies to one-time purchases the joint is also brought to you by fucking draft kings the best the king of prop bets the ufc is here this weekend 281 out of the big bad motherfucking apple Right now, bet $5 on any fighter to win, and when he comes in, you get 200 free bets. That's great and dandy, but what are you going to do with your 200 free bets? You got prop bets. You got the over and under. You got how they're going to fucking win or lose, disqualification, knockout, submission. Listen, sometimes I just love playing the prop bets on our, on our DraftKings, so do yourself a favor. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Let's have some fun with UFC 281. And if you don't like single action, you can bet the same game parlay. Listen, they're so good. DraftKings only lets you do one a day. But everybody can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up parlays. Listen, DraftKings Sportsbook is the only place Uncle Joey bets on the UFC. So do yourself a favor. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code Joey and throw down five hours on UFC 281 and get 200 free bets if your fighter win. wins. That's code Joey this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook right from Madison Square Garden. And don't forget, DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I want to thank you. I want to thank DraftKings. And I want to thank Heart and Soul. Dot capital C slash capital O. I love you motherfuckers. Have a great Monday. Have a great week. And we'll see you Thursday morning. Tip top Magoo.